What's going on, fam? This is Keith, and I just want to let y'all know today is a very special episode. All right, so we're, me and John took some time out to interview one of our good friends, uh, one of the good friends of the podcast, uh, actually was one of my professors at Reformed Theological Seminary Atlanta, um, and is just a phenomenal and incredible thinker, theologian, and person, Dr. Karen Ellis. Uh, this uh, podcast actually released early for our Patreon. So if you are not a member of our Patreon, we would love to have you sign up and get uh, more exclusive interviews, uh, resources, uh, podcasts, and other things as well. And so um, hope you enjoy this podcast with Karen, where she's going to talk a ton about, um, you know, not just the local church, but the global church, uh, not just the persecuted church, but uh, as she coins it, the persevering church. And so I hope um, you guys learn a lot from her in this uh, podcast because me and John have learned a lot from her as well over the years and as well in this conversation. All right, now to the podcast. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And I'm John. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. I'm super excited today because we have a, we're special, joined by a guest. special guest. Yeah, I'm going to put some sound effects in on the background when this comes up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have little horns going. Burr, 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 burr. Yeah, we don't have any right now. Yes. So we have. Mrs. and soon to be Dr. Karen Ellis with us. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. Uh, Karen is currently a visiting lecturer in world Christianity and culture at Reformed Theological Seminary. She is also the director of the Edmiston Center for the Study of the Bible and Ethnicity at RTS Atlanta as well. And she is also the Robert Canada Fellow for World Christianity. Ken, uh, Karen, how you doing? I'm so blessed to be here with yeah. both of you. You are yes. you two brothers. Bless me, bless me, bless oh, me. Um, yes. by staying in the word, by living yeah. the word, because it's not you. just a book, right? It's Absolutely. a right. living an active book. And so I'm just I'm I'm honored and blessed to be here with you both. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Oh, oh yeah, Absolutely. thank you. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, uh, I've actually had courses. Karen is actually one of my professors at Reformed Theological Seminary Atlanta. And I've learned a great deal from her and uh, her husband, Carl, as well. I've actually TA for some of the courses as well. Mm -hmm. And um, our goal, just bringing Karen to you guys, is just to, to expose you to another like phenomenal voice, another minority voice who helps us love the Lord and love his word. And so, Karen, if you don't mind, just tell us a little bit about yourself, how you became a Christian, how did you fall in love with the scripture, and then how you started to teach it as well. Oh my, I feel like a, I feel like we should insert the Donny Hathaway intro here, the <laughs> piano. Intro. I've been so many places in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I have been a lot of places. Um, mm. The Lord has blessed me with a very rich life uh, mm. in him. And I told him that I wanted a life of adventure mm. uh, <laughs> when I first uh, realized I believed and he has not wow. disappointed me. Um yeah, I mean, you can read my bio. That's not <laughs> the sum of who I am. It's it's just the things right. I've done. But yeah. um, the more life simplifies, uh, the older I get, I, mm. I just realize I'm somebody who's supremely and profoundly loved by Christ. And Amen. I'm your sister in him. I'm your mother. I'm your auntie. Mm. Uh, all in Christ. Um, mm. The spirit of God mm. really is the one who introduced me mm 
to the living word. Uh, scripture yeah. has always been around me, mm. but I didn't always have eyes to see or ears to hear or a heart to understand it. I That's grew good. up in Baltimore mm. and I grew up in a church where we were churched. Um, you know, we went mm. to a church in Walbrook Junction in Baltimore. And I was the church organist. I was a little girl with the pigtails um, who was playing the piano in the basement that kind of, you know, had some water damage on it. But, you know, some auntie named Sadie could make it still sound good. Yeah, yeah. Teaching me all the chords. And uh, there was a lot of word buried in those songs Mm. that we were playing and the hymns that we were playing, the spirituals we were singing. Um, And so I heard the gospel uh, my whole childhood growing up. And I heard the word of God buried in those songs, but I didn't hear, hear the gospel. Mm. I mean, I heard it, heard it for the first time uh, when I was about 25 years old. And I was at uh, Yale University uh, in the School of Drama. And uh, yeah, and it had nothing to do with the divinity school, right? I was (laughs) just in the African... Yeah, I was sitting in the African-American Cultural Center at an Easter service. Mm. And um, this beautiful brother gave uh, the gospel and Mm. I heard it. And I went forward and, um, you know, that's when all that word that had been buried in my heart as a little Mm. girl in that church in Walbrook Junction, the Lord said, now's the time. And I realized I believed. And um, uh, I was pretty much on my own after that um, because I was in transition between um, graduating from grad school at Yale and moving to New York to Mm -hmm. be in theater. Mm. And... um, Again, it was the Holy Spirit just prompting me saying, okay, now you really are a new creation in Christ and the new has come and the old has passed away. So the Holy Spirit was telling me I needed to do, stop doing a lot of things (laughs) that Mm, I was doing that were actually destroying me and start doing a whole lot of other things that would give me life. And one of those things that the spirit of God pressed on my heart. And literally there was nobody around to disciple me. Like Mm -hmm. I was in New York on my own. I I had nobody around telling me any of these things. It was just prompting, like you need to stop doing this. You need to start doing that. One of those things that the spirit prompted me was that I needed to get a Bible. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got on the train, I got on the subway, I was living on the one nine line and yeah. I got on the sub, the one doesn't exist anymore, but I was on the one nine red line. I got on the subway train and I went down to the American Bible Society mm-hmm. and I picked me up a little travel Bible and I'm glad I got a travel Bible because I didn't know it, but the Lord was going to have me moving. Yeah. And right. so I got a little travel Bible and, um, I, I started there and I, mm-hmm. I, I, For the first time since I had the Spirit of God and since I knew Christ, I could open the Bible and it made sense. I can remember being a little, isn't that something? You know what I'm talking about. I see you jumping, Jono. I did. Oh, my goodness. And not to jump in, but it was that was the Mm -hmm. exact same experience Mm -hmm. that I had at 18 years old, sitting in my Mm -hmm. dorm room at Baylor University, and they gave me a little NIV Bible. And I started to read it and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. No, oh, this makes sense. There was just something inside mm-hmm. of you that jumped up and said, no, it's not just, I know that I should read it and I know it's true. It's like, no, 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 it makes sense. Every word is, yes. um, 
is exciting because yeah. it feels new and understandable yeah. and I can yeah. digest it. All right. Yeah. So that's my little. Yeah. That's, that's the Holy there. spirit, Same you know, thing. giving yeah. understanding, you yeah. know, I can remember being a little kid and I, I was always interested in like, Oh, what's more, right. what does the Bible say? You know? Mm. And, uh, but I was as much as interested in, you know, other, whatever everybody else is doing other world religions. And, mm. um, I remember opening the Bible as a kid, like maybe, you know, maybe 14, 15 years old, like old enough to understand words. And it just, I tried to read it and I, I didn't know the Lord. And it was like, wah, 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 on the page. And I was like, what is this book about? <laughs> so now, uh, you know, as, a, as, an, as an adult who knows Christ and has the Holy Spirit dwelling, uh, indwelling, I was able to read the word and I just started reading. I just started devouring. I didn't know how the book hung together. I didn't mm. know about Bible genres. I didn't know the mm. book of John from the book of, book of first John. I didn't know. <laughs> I was like, Dang, well, yeah. I didn't know what the relevance of them were. I didn't know anything about like the four, you know, the, 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 you know, the four gospels. I didn't know about the three synoptic gospels. I didn't know how John was different from Matthew. I didn't, I didn't know who the right. authors were. Yeah. I just knew that I was hungry for the mm. word mm. Yeah. and that it held the keys to life as opposed to my own, the way I was living before that, uh, which was the, definitely the keys to the door of death, you know, mm. and destruction, even, even as that destruction felt good at times. Um, so anyways, I've always been hungry for the word. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there have been seasons where I've been, you know, paid what have given it more attention in my life, if I'm mm. to be honest. Um, and there have been seasons where I've uh, kind of ridden on what I already know. Yeah. And, you know, the ebb and flow of that, uh, you know, over the last 30 years. The more I study it, though, the mm. more there is to know. Come on. And the more, <laughs> the more I study it, Come on. the more I realize I don't know. Mm. And this to me is a oh, wild man. realization. That even as he guides and directs us through his word, we still cannot exhaust an inexhaustible God. Mm. I love that. Not in knowledge, not in power, not in learning, not in thinking, or even in keeping his promises. We can't exhaust him. Uh, His word, he says it's living and active. And, you know, the more I study it, it's not that he's giving even new revelation to his word. It's just mm. living and active isn't fulfilled by new revelation, but by new illumination. Mm. And on. I understand the truth more deeply the more I live and study and apply. And so I'm actually going into a, a, a bit in a phase now, I think, where I'm just like, man, I'm, I get really hungry again. I'm, 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 I feel like I'm running on fumes. And so, you know, it's like, okay, it's it's a new season. Mm. Um, and you guys, you guys are familiar with these, you know, those Russian dolls, they're called yeah, Matroshki yeah, yeah. and you open one and there's another one inside and you're like, Oh, and there's another one inside. <laughs> yeah. and, and you're yeah. like, Oh, they can't possibly get any littler. And then they get down to little sides. That's, that's um, what the word of God has been for me throughout my life is just this constant unpacking of, mm. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh, oh. And it can be it can be the same passage. Yes. And I come to it and he's like, no, this is what it means for this season in your mm-hmm. life. You're ready to you're ready to understand this afresh now. Yeah. And um, so yeah, so I'm I'm in a season now where I'm delighting in his word in new ways. And yeah. it, it feels really good. It feels really mm-hmm. good. I love it. 
it's so many things that I could jump off right. on. Um, Go help yourself, brother. Yeah, it's so much. <laughs> so I, I think maybe this is just my disposition. John knows it's like the hunger part. Like, can you talk a little bit about how, so you've been a Christian for how many years, if you don't? 30 um, years. 30 years. 30 years 30 just yesterday. My That's amazing. 30 years. Right? Mm-hmm. 30 yeah, years. Yeah, you just started to walk with the Lord when you were five. see you know what to say (laughs) and the reason i ask is because yeah i just like 30 years walking with the lord like that's longer than i've been alive (laughs) right like i'm not even 30 yet and how do you keep the hunger right like how do you because i think many people think that um you know the first few years you zealous you hungry for god you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. want to read his word and then as you get older, it dies out and all this kind of stuff. Like, how do you stay hungry and passionate Mm -hmm. about God's word 30 years Mm -hmm. into walking with the Lord? Yeah. So first off, I think it starts with realizing that it's him that does the keeping and it's Mm -hmm. him that's does this stimulating, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I rely on him. If, if, if it's up to me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mm. keep learning. I wouldn't pick up the Bible. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it, right. it's, I would run out, I would run out of steam. So I just acknowledge that I'm grateful that it's the Holy Spirit who started this work in, in all of us. And it's the Holy Spirit by his, it's by the, 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 the power and the activity of the Holy Spirit that any of us is going to make it to Revelation 7, 9. So I'll just say that yeah. at the outset. Come on. Um, but I will also say that there have been times in my walk where I've been indifferent mm. towards the word. Mm. There have been times where I have seen, um, I felt guilty mm. because, um, you know, I work with Christians who do not have access to the word. Mm. They do not have access to the printed word, I should say, Mm. Uh, but the Holy Spirit sustains them and they're hungry for the word and they can't, they can't touch it physically. And I'm like, man, here I am. How many Bibles do I have in this house? And when was the last time I picked one up? Right. So I've I've had seasons like that. Um, It hasn't been all like, oh boy, let's, you know, get up in the morning and make my coffee and meet with the Lord. It's, you know, it's it's been, it's definitely, I'll be honest, it's definitely been an ebb and flow. Um, And, um, you know, there's also the discipline of picking it up when I don't feel like it. There have been times where I have, you know, like my whole posture towards um, events in my life have caused me to fold my arms and sit back and go, hmm. Well, what do you got for me today? You know what I mean? I mean, I've, and so it, it hasn't been, you know, I don't want to make it sound like it's been this romantic journey of, That's you know, right. I've been faithful every day. I have not. Mm. Uh, but right. he's been faithful. He's been faithful. He's yeah. been faithful to even keep me. Yeah, he's faithful. Even when I was faithless, he has been faithful to keep me and to quicken the word that he had already buried in me. Right. Um. And to, you know, those, so, I mean, the early days, those, that hunger and thirst phase, that was something, those were great years. Mm, Um, But I tend to see my whole walk with the Lord as seasons. Um, I I had a season shortly after the, uh, the early, the early years where there was a, uh, a season of like solidifying. Like there was a hunger and thirst phase. Then there was the solidifying, like, and and the Lord solidified my heart for the persecuted church and his word Mm. by reading the testimonies of the 20th century saints who were under persecution and then back into history and then forward into the contemporary world. I started working with organizations who were doing um, 
um, you know, Bible supply around mm. the world to uh, closed countries, uh, serving them from where I sat, um, working alongside people who had actually been Bible runners mm. and being discipled by them and their love and zeal for the word um, and st- mm. sitting at their feet while they were teaching. So that was a huge phase. Seminary was definitely uh, a foundation phase mm. for me, realizing yeah. that I didn't know People were coming to me for answers about the Bible, and I was like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. And so I said, well, where can I go to at least find out where I need to go to get, you know, to get more answers? And and so that was a foundational phase and uh, how to understand how Scripture hangs together. Mm. Uh, Right now, I'm in a... I call it the wisdom and foolishness phase. Mm. Uh, It's I'm just reading. I have been for a couple of years, a few years now. Uh, reading the Bible through a grid um, of foolishness versus wisdom, mm-hmm. uh, folly that leads to destruction, wisdom that leads to life. And it, it marks the whole Bible from Genesis mm-hmm. to Revelation. So I'm, I'm working oh, on cool. a devotional. Yeah, I'm working on a devotional right now with Moody Come Press whoop, whoop, that oh, invites all of us uh, mm-hmm. to meditate on whose house you're going to live in. Mm. The house of wisdom or the house of folly. And the, and the wisdom and folly paradigm is it's significant. It's traceable throughout scripture. It started with me curled up in a ball in bed one day uh, over, a, um, uh, over a, a personal issue. And my husband was like, this is like day three of me just being like, I can't do it. I don't know anymore. Jesus needs the help. And my husband was like, wait a minute. He's like, did you? Did you pray for wisdom recently? And I was like, yeah, but I thought he was just going to pop it on me like he did with Solomon, you know. Mm. <laughs> nice. He was like, I didn't know he was going to make me learn it. Mm. <laughs> you know? mm. And so my husband said, I love him to death. He said, you know, the tuition for wisdom is high, don't you? Mm-hmm. And I was like, That's I'm good. learning that That's now. And it is high. Um, but um, yeah, so yeah, so I'm working on that. And that's sort of what's marking. Um, yeah, being in the being in the wisdom and foolishness phase has been really interesting. And I, I've, I've enjoyed it because it's helping me see and discern a, a lot of the things that are happening around us um, right now, yeah. um, personally, culturally. Um, yeah, and wanting to wanting to live more in wisdom's house by by being able to mark my life by the choices that lead to life and uh, right. not by the ones that lead to death. Yeah, yeah. That's excellent. Mm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Mm. Karen, I do want to talk to you, ask you, and I know you uh, alluded to it some, but yep. so you shared. I right, was from Baltimore and <laughs> went to Connecticut to go to Yale. Then you're in mm. New York. Then. Mm-hmm. Seminary, how did you get from that to this growing passion that you have for the world, right? It's one thing for us Mm. to be saved in our context and to be burdened for our uh, contextual or cultural little enclaves, the Mm. places that are Mm. near and dear to our heart. How Mm -hmm. did God expand that for you? Mm. Yeah. He did it in a very particular way. Um, it was the people that I was exposed to, the people I was by whom I was discipled. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always been, I've always had a, a question of how has God sustained his people right. around, not just from Genesis to where we are now in redemptive history, yeah. but is it possible that there is a consistent line of folks 
that he is keeping from Genesis to yeah. Revelation in spite of ourselves. Mm. Right. And so sometimes he sometimes he does it when we're kicking and screaming along the way and sometimes he does it and there are saints that are, you know, they're just they're just faithful and you mm. never heard of them. Yeah. And yeah. so in exploring those folks, I started to be exposed to um uh, hearing people early on in my walk, like um, Brother Andrew, um, I saw him speak once. I read the writings of Richard Wormbrand, and this, these were the people that marked me early on. Mm-hmm. And um, I started. Everybody else went out, and thirty years ago was you know in my circle was reading things like Heinz Feet on High Places, and I was reading Richard Wormbrand's Tortured for Christ, you know, and mm-hmm. and oh, Sabina yeah. Wormbrand, his wife, you know, the pastor's wife, and mm-hmm. and then I traveled to uh, because of the theater work I was doing, I was blessed to travel to the Soviet, the post-Soviet Union world, mm-hmm. and I was actually I lived in Ukraine, ironically, off and on for wow. a couple oh, of really? years. Yeah, I didn't know mm-hmm. that. That's cool. Yeah. And um, I, I saw a people in a culture emerging from uh, serious religious restrictions, rediscovering who they were as a culture mm-hmm. and as a people. And, um, you know, having all of a sudden having freedom uh, to do that uh, publicly. And also, uh, you know, I got to witness the, the, the changes, rapid changes in the, uh, in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, in all the manifestations of the church that were in that area. And so that was kind of my first exposure to the wow. global church. Mm-hmm. And um, there were so, okay, so here's how it became personal. Mm-hmm. I saw immediately in their experience, I saw echoes for me as ADOS, uh, American descendant of U.S. slaves, mm-hmm. I saw similarities in the churches of the hush harbors, in the underground churches, and um, mm-hmm. and the uh, the people in my history and my ancestry who were very much aware that not only were they being um, persecuted for their ethnicity, but that they were specifically also being targeted for their faith in Christ. And I'm talking about the preachers who went plantation to plantation to deliver mm-hmm. the word of God and who were stopped. Um, people who wanted to take the Sabbath um, to and and were trying to find ingenious ways to keep this to remember the mm-hmm. Sabbath and keep it holy. Mm-hmm. So this this is like a minority within the minority, mm-hmm. right. and they knew that they were being opposed because of their faith. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I saw that immediately, and I just thought, wow. The deeper I got into the world of Christian persecution, the fewer people of color I saw, mm-hmm. and I just thought, man. Why is that? Why is that? And so there, there are more now. There are more who are advocates now, and um, um, definitely that th- those early experiences in my walk as a baby, baby Christian marked the rest of my ministry career significantly. Yeah. So I started wow. working with organizations. Now uh, we're moving what I call from advocacy to education. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where the Edmiston Center comes into play, yeah. right. um, which you guys have, we've, we've been honored to oh, partner yeah. with you, yes. the sponsor oh, so of grateful. this podcast. So, so uh, but we're grateful. We're grateful. Yeah, um, anybody who's, um, you know, talking about the word of God, we're, we're there for it. Um, and the, the, the movement, movement from advocacy to education mm. is largely a move of creating an environment where people can study Christian perseverance under hostility, where mm. the minority group is actually the people of God. Mm. Come on. And so what does that look like globally? Mm. What does that mm. look like historically? 
Mm. Uh, What does that look like uh, in the contemporary world? And what does that look like? What does that theology, not just a theology of suffering, but a theology of endurance? So we're working with partners all over the world to start to bring to light and assemble collections of theology to understand how Christians endure under hostility when the hostility is aimed at the person of Christ and the body of Christ. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, that's excellent. Yeah. That's so, amazing. so yeah, that kind of funnels into to my next question. You know, you've obviously done a great job with that. And the Edmondson Center has done a great job with just connecting local Christians, right, to the global church and mm-hmm. educating and advocating about, you know, uh, the persevering church. I love how you use that, that, that yeah. phrase, right, the persevering mm-hmm. and enduring church. Um, can you talk a little I bit? I wish I could say it's original, but Paul beat me to that yeah, one. So yeah, the apostle yeah, there Paul. we go. <laughs> <laughs> so can you talk a little bit about why it's important for not just um, the theologians, right, or the leaders, but all Christians to be educated about the enduring and uh, persevering church um, across the mm-hmm. world and not just, as John said, kind of locked away in our own silos and enclaves trying to do ministry there. Can you talk about a little mm-hmm. bit about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. This, so I, I would take two, um, at least two views for that. Uh, the first view is that this is family business. Mm, yeah. When one part of the family body business. suffers, we yeah. all suffer, mm, right? And there is a there is a disease called analgesia, um, mm. and it's it's a genetic disease. And it's uh, actually, you can watch a documentary on it. There's one small community. It's it's small community in, um, it's, I think it's in Sweden. And this whole, this like generation after generation gets this disease called analgesia. And what it is, is you can't, when you get, you can get hurt, you can break a bone, uh, you could bleed out and you wouldn't feel it because oh, there's wow. something about your nerve endings that you cannot feel pain. Wow. And so all of life becomes a hazard for you. And mm-hmm. I think that, uh, you know, that the, the counter that we're, we're trying to present is understanding that we are a body, yeah. that we are a historical line, and we are mm. a contemporary line That's made good. up of many people, many cultures, many ethnicities, many tongues, oh, many tribes. Karen. I already know where you go. Oh. <laughs> I already know where you go. <laughs> you you do. We come have on, spiritual on. analgesia. Come on. And so yeah. we can't mm. feel what the others mm. are feeling. And so we, so this is, this is our attempt to kind of cure that and to say, and so here's some really, okay, I'm gonna tell y'all a secret and it's not, I mean, it's a secret. Okay. Um, There is already movement and this is interesting to me. There's already movement of us facilitating, helping to facilitate uh, letters from non-Western churches to Mm -hmm. other churches under hostility. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're saying, Look, we know where you are. Now, this isn't extra biblical. We're not adding to, I mean, it is extra biblical. We're not adding to canon, right? But they feel like first century epistles. And there's a lot of this activity happening of the church reconnecting across geographic and linguistic lines. Uh, The first letter that came, and I can't say too much, I can't say regions, but I can say that the first letter went from one closed country that has known uh, persecution for a hundred years to one that is just entering into persecution, their government fell. And this church is saying to the other church, we know where you're about to go. Mm -hmm. This is how we're praying for it. The letter was 17 pages long. 
it went through four different translations and it was circulated on the ground by hand Hmm. from one church to another now if that don't feel like the first century man the early church new testament church stuff right yeah and so this is really exciting times um and 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 it's and there's there's now this free flow of information of people saying you know the old song how i got over this is how we got over Right. This is how we're getting over. Our context may be different from yours, but we are the body and we're rediscovering those nerve endings that have been cut off. Yeah. So it's family business on the one hand. The second part is um, that there are things that we can learn. There are yeah. things as our culture here in our, in our local context, um, being North America, um, as our local context changes rapidly, there are things that we can glean from these folks um, who've been doing it for a long time. And yes, the context will change, but the word of God is still the same. Amen. And the encouragement yeah. is still the same. And the theology that people are developing out of these things is still the same um, yeah. because he doesn't change from day to day. And so um, how do we increase that free flow of information so we can learn and we yeah. can say, "Ooh, y'all did this. Well, what would that look like in my context? Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so good. And the basics, discipleship, prayer, um, yeah. kingdom prayer. Um, kingdom discipleship, um, stealth, wisdom, transformation, all those things. What can we glean from these folks and, and apply in our own context? Excellent. That's amazing. That's excellent. excellent. (laughs) Yeah. So if someone is like, oh, I listened to this podcast and I'm convinced, right? Like I know that I need to be educated about the enduring and persevering church. Where would you tell them to start? What books would you tell them to read? online, mm. you know, yeah. Give us any, re- any and all resources, Edmondson Center. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So all of our syllabi are online. I, don't, I never know if it's syllabi or syllabus or syllabuses or syllabi. 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 The, grammar, <laughs> the grammar police is Jono. Jono's the grammar. That's it. Thank I you, am. man. I appreciate I that. I'm yeah, used yeah. that. You're the authority then. All right. <laughs> so all of them are posted online. And okay. so you can go, there's five courses. Uh, there's Theology and Mission of Prayer, which mm-hmm. is a one-week intensive, and we pray more than we talk. We pray mm-hmm. more than we lecture. You're oh, teaching that one oh. this summer too, right? Yes, that's coming okay. up this July. Slide into it. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, oh, we would love to have you in that class. It's in it's, person? It in changes. Mm-hmm. It's in person. It's, it's in the, the only in-person on. required in-person Yo, class. Yeah. yeah. Yo, okay, come on. So what you need to do, and anybody else who wants to come along for the ride, yeah. uh, you need to reach out to um, RTS Admissions in Atlanta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're going to contact yeah. Pasquale Thedford. And you're going to get him to set you up. Um, And he is pthedford at rts.edu. Okay. And y'all can post all this. Yeah, Yeah, that's great. That's, that'd be great. Um, All of our syllabi are are online and uh, you'll find uh, that one, Theology and Mission of Prayer. You'll find um, Principles of Leadership, Daniel and Nehemiah. What is it like to be a minority and a superpower? Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll find a Christian view of human rights. Um, mm-hmm. How do we address justice issues around the world? What are the documents? How did the concept of human rights develop? Why is why do we most of us know today that slavery is wrong and illegal? But we didn't know that like it wasn't culturally conscious, you know, for uh-huh. hundreds of years. So how did that uh-huh. how did that concept develop? 
um, what you know what 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 does it mean for what does a Christian view of human rights look like, um, and uh, and and fight and and fighting for those things um, in different contexts around the world, which is something that most of our partners, our uh, global partners, have to deal with, on some level. Um, let's see. With another course that we teach that you'll look for is. Um, Let's see, theology. Oh, Christian view of perseverance and endurance. Mm. And that one is the one where we trace Christian endurance and the concept of um, of uh, something we call the Cain and Abel dynamic and where persecution comes from and the hostility uh, towards those who want to worship God rightly. Wow. And uh, then there's a fifth class. Uh, yeah, so it's, you can find all of those online. Go to edmistoncenter.org. Yeah. And you'll find uh, all of those links to all of those things. And um, yeah. and we'd love to have folks come and check us out and see what we're about. It's yeah. growing. We've got our first graduates this year. Very excited about that. Mm. Our first Edmiston, Edmiston Center certificate graduates. Mm. And um, they'll be, some of them are rolling their uh, credits over into their RTS Atlanta degrees. And mm. some of them are marketplace people. And they're like, I just came for the certificate. They did their 10 hours. Yeah. And uh, they're going to get back out into the workforce and start spreading um, all of these kingdom principles. So we're excited this year. No, that's excellent. Yeah. Thank you so that's much amazing. for that, Karen. Yeah. Well, we want to come to the close. We really appreciate you coming Thank you out. For taking the time. Yeah. And we, oh, it was my pleasure. And we would love to have you on as well when you're free and we can coordinate schedule wise to for scripture, right? As we go through mm-hmm. the Bible, we would love to have you talk us and walk us through some passages um, in the text that will be I would amazing. love to learn alongside you. As we start Proverbs, if you would be up for that, I already love to just hear you think about, yeah, I'd love to hear you talk about that or Mm -hmm. any other book through the lens Mm -hmm. of, um, yeah, the wisdom of food. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to learn alongside you guys. So anytime, anytime. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Karen, Uh, uh, how can, oh, go ahead. You had something, John? We're no, no, to... I was just going to say, we love you, Karen. Yeah, no, we love absolutely. You. We love you, sister. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You're in our prayers, too. So. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah, you so absolutely. much. Thank absolutely. you so much. And Jesus loves us even more. Amen. So Amen. thanks for that. Amen. appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. How can people keep up with you, get in touch with you, follow you? Where are you online, social media, website? You can find me on Twitter at K underscore A underscore Ellis. Um, I have a sub stack um, that's um, dealing with uh, local and global issues and some personal issues too. I'll be Mm. writing about my um, end of life uh, uh, caregiving for my mother-in-law over the next Mm. few weeks and also hosting some some disciple makers from uh, closed country in the Middle East. And um, yeah, so that's that's at, at my sub stack. And uh, I'm on Instagram at uh, something else, something under my name. I forgot how it goes. We'll but. find it for the <laughs> show. Now. It's we'll all there. It. We'll it's the all there. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Well, thank you so much once again, Karen, for your time. Uh, we really, yeah, just once again, we just really appreciate all the work you're doing. Absolutely. Um, and just so grateful for you as well. So. Yeah. Pray that we stay faithful. That's that's what we want more than anything else. Yeah. We'll do it. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. I'll see you guys. Appreciate you. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. God bless. All right. My pleasure.